0: Podcasting live from Hive of the Eye Tyrant on the Plain of Faerun. This is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, and joining me is Nelson. Hi there, and Cameron huh and today we're going to be talking about a bunch of the previews that are already out for dungeons and dragons colon adventures in the forgotten realms which is the full name of the set
1: a magic the gathering expert level expansion set brought to you by wizards of the coast tm circle r
0: yes magic the gathering by richard garfield is a deckmaster game a wholly owned subsidiary of hasbro (laughs) this is why i've been referring to the set as just afr i'm just like great AFR rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Maybe we could even workshop that to just... Uh, 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 if you want to pre-order some uh, AFR, you should do that at Card Kingdom. Uh, don't try and... Like, you'll probably have to use the real name or like click on the right things when you do it. But, you know, we would know. If you were ordering uh, from us, we would know, but we don't sell it. But they do. And you can buy it from them. Go to cardcam.com slash LRR. That lets them know that uh, we sent you and ask for a little button in the comments thing. Tell them Loading Ready Run sent you. Ask for a button and they'll send you one. And I think we still have Changelings or Cowards, but there's a new batch on the way. So we shall see Ooh. what you end up getting. It'll be a surprise for us all. And of course, the show and everything that we do is brought. to you by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run the technically i said plain of faerun technically they've said that the the forgotten realms slash faerun is not in the magic multiverse technically if you want to get really the thing is i don't care But there's a whole class of people that really, really need to have every little connective question answered in the media that they consume. And so for your interest, um, apparently you can't actually planeswalk from like Kaladesh to Waterdeep. But if you did, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it's a rule zero planeswalker ability. Yeah. So there have been, gosh, many cards previewed over the last it feels like no time at all like we're up to 200 and something 215 or something cards at time of recording this week
1: was an avalanche of play- of previews yeah
0: yeah 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 sorry somebody was asking a couple people actually for the return of recording date we were recording this on friday july 2nd we typically mm-hmm. record these on fridays the friday before you hear it generally speaking so it's friday july 2nd and at this point about 200 some odd of the cards have been spoiled but if you want to see all of the cards after all of them have been spoiled, but before you get to play them, we have the PPR coming up on Wednesday this coming Wednesday, July 7th is the pre-pre-release for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. It's going to be fun. It, we know the timing is weird. It's a little discombobulated because of the delays of the paper product which Wizards posted about today. They said that it, it's it's not a limited run set, but draft boosters might be a little hard to come by in Canada and the US on release day, but eventually they'll be working on it. Anyway, that all has sort of also affected the PPR obviously, which is why it's on this Wednesday rather than the prior Friday, which is when we would usually have have it and it's impacted sort of like some of the stuff that we wanted to do at the PPR but I will tell you what we are doing at the PPR is we're going to do a bunch of sealed we're going to do four runs of sealed sort of like the Strixhaven pre-pre-release and that'll be a bunch of fun and then rather than a commander game because the commander decks aren't even being spoiled until after the PPR and we're doing one of them and that'll be fun that'll be on the 10th that we're
1: spoiling that to be clear we are not spoiling this commander deck in the ppr no exactly at all not at all the whole day
0: yeah they've given a specific date for it and it's the 10th so instead we're going to be doing a a slash magic tabletop one shot and for more information on exactly what that is i encourage you to watch it i I will tell you right now that the players are (laughs) myself kathleen cameron and adam and the dm is dale and that's all we're gonna tell you about it for now (laughs) oh it was yeah (laughs) yeah it was very very silly so yeah tune in for that on uh july 7th should be a fun time but now we want to talk about some of the spoilers and actually since it was just spoiled just now by us i'd like to talk about the commander the sort of like the 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 default commander—I don't know what you'd call it, the cannon commander—whatever the 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 picture on the box from the commander deck that we are going to be previewing on July 10th. So the deck is Draconic Rage, and the commander is Vrondis Rage of Ancients, who is a five-four legendary dragon barbarian for three red green. This kind of cool because. There's dragon kin in D&D, and so now in Magic we get to have like sort of just normal like bipedal humanoids that are also dragon subtype. So that's neat. I mean, this guy's still a 5-4, so it's not like this one's particularly smaller. But anyway, so the deck's called Draconic Rage. Virondus is, comma, Rage of Ancients. And what does Verandis do? Well, Virondus has Enrage. So whenever <laughs> Virondus is dealt damage, you may create a 5-4 red and green dragon spirit token with when this creature deals damage sacrifice it and whenever you roll one or more dice you may have ronda's deal one damage to itself so that seems pretty fun i think
1: yeah it's neat that it's a red green creature that makes blue illusions kind of right like they're red and green tokens but it's like that oh no sorry it's not whenever it's targeted it's whenever this creature deals damage i'm sorry yeah that's super neat okay so they he brings dragon friends but they only owe him one favor Mm mm-hmm Sorry, that's a lot to unpack. Neat card.
2: Yeah. Yeah, weird. Okay.
1: Possibly like a great fit into your dinosaur enrage deck, just because you probably already have the enrage enablers. Dragons and dinosaurs being, you know, close cousins, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I assume that there's going to be dinosaurs in here. I mean, technically speaking, I could probably go look because I somewhere in, in an email, i probably have like the information about it, but I, I don't know. And I am not going to risk spoiling anything. So I'm, I'm basing purely supposition off of Rhonda's here. I, is, I expect there's some reprints of enraged dinosaurs in here and hopefully some new ones. I mean, I don't know that the whole set is going to be like enrage themed specifically, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, I don't want to say
2: an underexplored mechanic, but one that must have a lot more design space. Or possibility space left to it.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we didn't see like maybe the full potential of Enrage. Certainly at the top tiers of play, like I think there's there's plenty of like you know really powerful Enrage effects that were watered down enough, so they were still good and limited, but not necessarily like top tier constructed Enrage cards.
0: There weren't a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Vrondis seems pretty cool, and I look forward to seeing how Vrondis interacts with the rest of that deck how should we 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 sort of wrote down like a list of a couple cards we wanted to talk about maybe let's sort of go around based on the order of who is in this recording software nelson why don't you talk about something next
1: yeah so since the last time we've met all these class enchantments have been have been previewed so i just want to talk about them a little bit they sort of look like sagas but and i haven't read the faq yet if i understand them they're more just like level up enchantments that sit around and keep giving you you know good abilities let's read the wizard class this is a one blue mana enchantment and it has the subtype class so for one blue you just have no maximum hand size so same as uh what's that there's a one blue enchantment that does that as well right or you you commander players can get my back here.
2: Yeah, L- library of Lang. Kind of, yeah,
1: Library of yeah. Lang for one one generic, exactly. And then so to get to level two, you just have to pay two generic and a blue as a sorcery, and then you add the ability. So now you have if you put four mana into it, you have no maximum head size, and then you draw two cards as a triggered ability when you went into level two. Now I assume you can't just go into level two as many times as you want. Probably you're just allowed to do that once, and then it has like two level counters on it, probably. And then I imagine the rule is either you can't activate that ability or probably you're allowed to activate. That activate that ability but nothing happens. Finally, when you pet five mana, five more mana. So now you're up to nine you've invested so far, but you got two cards and you're not discarding. Whenever you draw a card, put a plus one plus a counter on target creature you control.
2: Oh
0: that's
1: neat. So that's only an uncommon and you only have to put the first mana down to get the initial bonus. So interesting card. I'm not sure if there's any kind of rules that I'm I'm missing about them, but it seems like you know all, all these class cards have some different flavorful sort of bonuses and abilities that'll mesh with certain decks. Yeah,
0: I like you know, the one of those. I like that. There's a sort of combination of ones that are like when you gain this level, or ones that have just sort of static ongoing ones. Like that one was uncommon. I'm gonna, if I may, read a yeah. rare. Uh, the Ranger class. So it's one in a green. When it enters the battlefield, you get a 2 2 Wolf so that's it it's like a it's, you, it's a bear essentially but then you can put another one in a green into it to level two which says whenever you attack put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature seems pretty so, good yeah if you get this on turn two you get to attack with your wolf as a three three next turn so that's kind of cool and then you put another three in a green in to get to level three and you can look at the top of your library at any time and can cast creature spells from the top of your library yeah that seems super powerful <laughs> yeah that's traditionally that's been a particularly powerful spell like a lot of that there's so many different classes so we're not going to like read every single one of them but so far at least sorcerer rogue fighter ranger bard cleric warlock barbarian i think yeah i think barbarian was spoiled
1: oh druid, druid. was monk spoiled too is there a monk class yet because uh, i know monk is a DD class
0: not yet <laughs> okay maybe by the time this airs there will there there will be but you know not not yet i i never do enough like sort of spreadsheet comparisons to sort of because people know how the collector numbers are organized right okay. and they can be like wait there's a space here and here which means it has to be this color and it has to probably start with this letter so you know
1: ed from yellow jacket always checks on that he's like there's the name and number crunch in one of the forums where people are always working on it yeah i really like the rogue class so this is a blue and a black to, to cast and then the first ability is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player exile the top card of that player's library face down you may look at it for as long as it remains exiled so it only it just mills them one but you can look at it then for three more now your creatures have menace so that's Fairly powerful. Now we've got an enchantment that gives all your creatures mass. Then for four more, so all told, we've put nine mana again into this enchantment. But now you may play the cards exiled with Rogue class and you may spend mana as over mana of any color to cast those spells. So it turns kind of all your creatures into Robber of the Rich, but with Menace. So nice. synergistic and really fun,
0: obviously. And, and the ones we've seen so far are either uncommon or rare which I feel makes sense. I like visually compared to sagas, they have the art and the text on the opposite sides of the frame. Right. Which I think is neat. And yeah, I mean, these just sort of immediately make sense. It's like, oh, it's an enchantment that you level up and then you can. okay, sure. And you can play more than one because you can multi-class. So yeah. All right. Cool. You know, (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. I dig it.
2: Yeah, they're very, they're very intuitive. I like them a lot. I think they also explore a very, well, a new design space.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: There have been some enchantments in the past that have both a static ability and like an activated ability, but these ones still
0: feel pretty unique. Cameron, what what have you got on your sort of short list of fun? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about Lolth.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who
0: is, who is Lolth?
2: Loth was the a kind of creator deity of the drow who are the underdark dwelling evil elves in the forgotten realms and she the like she's the spider god or the spider goddess And there was some drama recently, and by recently, at this point in my life, I can probably say that happened within the last 15 years, Mm -hmm. where Loth was deposed as the kind of like uh, patron of the drow. But who knows? I haven't kept up with the realms much. Anyway, she's a real big spider lady who's a planeswalker. Loth's spider queen is three black black and comes with four loyalty. She has a static ability that reads whenever a creature you control dies— Put a loyalty counter on Wolf Spider Queen. So my ears perked up immediately. Her, she only has Sarkhan the Mad.
1: Right, only minuses Sarkan the Mad.
2: Only minuses, yeah. but she, well, she also has a zero ability, which reads, you draw a card and lose one life. Okay, cool. So she's a Phyrexian arena, but you have some control over it, which is, (laughs) you know, what you want to see on your Phyrexian arenas. (laughs) Her minus three reads, create two two, 2-1 black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. So these have a lot more utility than your standard... Tokens, right? You get two of them. You can just like run her out. You get two blockers that can pretty much tangle with anything you're going to see on a battlefield that isn't like, like Luderil core, right? Mm-hmm. Like things are going to be pretty, Loth will be pretty safe behind these two spiders, unless your opponents have something like, oh, I don't know, tra- Trampla? Tr- tramples rough Qu- questing book always a problem but if you don't want to yeah. run Loth out against like big green monsters like i don't know the, old cameron's brain is percolating at this point right yeah. and her minus eight is you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control if that player lost less than eight life this turn they lose life equal to the difference she can kind of bring the hammer right yeah wow if if you just like like boop somebody for one with this emblem your opponent's gonna have a bad time right and she runs out these two like very squishable spiders presumably you you double block anything coming at you trade for a sarah angel right in or equivalent excuse me Mm -hmm. and i don't know draw a bunch of cards or Sorry, put loyalty counters on it, right? Uh, excuse me. Yeah. And and her spiders have menace. They have menace. They can rumble in. I really like that they have menace, yeah. Yeah, I think like, it's a really good card. Your opponents need four creatures to block her spiders, and I kind of want to sleeve this up for aristocrats. You mean
1: aristocrats?
2: Yeah. My aristocrats deck currently only runs, runs one five drop, which is Zealous Conscripts. But I think I think I'd be willing to find space for for another for a second.
1: It's pretty neat that you can like she has this self uh, self doubling season potential of just like you can cast her and then if you have to have happen to have four jumps that like. It's better if your opponent blocks and you can just rumble in immediately before you activate the ability and then you can minus eight for next turn. I, I really like the look of this card. She comes down. She can help you stabilize by making two creatures that have reach and then she can pull you back ahead with her zero for as long as that takes. And then she can, you know, slowly win the game for you between minus three and attacking and maybe eventually ultimating. most games. You're probably just going to use the top two abilities, but that's OK. They're good
2: abilities yeah i i don't know i'm enthusiastic to to try her out
0: Mm -hmm. the next card i wanted to talk about is for a couple reasons one because it is also sort of very kind of flavorful for what i remember from when i was initially learning about D, &D. and two because it has this thing about this set that i think is really cool so this is the mind flare and and it's a 3-3 three, three for three blue-blue creature type horror. And its ability is, when Mind Flayer enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature for as long as you control Mind Flayer. So it's uh, Mind Control on a stick, which sounds great. That's going to be good stuff. And it works very well with the sort of the flavor of the, the Mind Flayers from D&D, which I like a lot. But this has this thing that are sort of like uh, flavor abilities. I can't remember exactly the terminology that Wizards used for it when they were explaining this but did we talk about this on the podcast already i can't remember
1: we might have i've just been calling them ability words but they might have a new name now that they're like so ubiquitous i have i'm never able to watch those thursday afternoon ones yeah with blake yeah
0: it's all through the set that there's because the italicized text doesn't actually mean anything mechanically right that's a thing with like flavor text and reminder text and those like ability reminder words don't actually sort of, there's no mechanical association with them. So even like what well, we were just talked about Vrondus, right? So like enrage, it says enrage to remind you, oh, this th- has enrage and in- And I can sort of remember what that does, but that doesn't actually mean anything because the rest of Vrondus says, whenever Vrondus is dealt damage, you may create, right? So the enrage is just like a reminder. This card has a thing that says when it's dealt damage, it's going to do something, but we'll explain all that in a second. And in this set, there's like a bajillion of these things because they're all stuff from D&D. So the Mind Flayer's ability is called Dominate Monster because that's a spell from D&D, right? And so they're, they're all over cards, especially modal cards. There's a lot of some cards we've seen like you meet in a tavern, which is, you know, like the, the, the thing your DM yep. would say. The classic D hook.
2: Yeah. The
1: the beginning of every D
0: adventure. Yeah. And so you get to either form a party or start a brawl. And but the words form a party and start a brawl don't mean anything mechanically, but then they explain what those do. So those things don't have to be there. You could it could say choose one, look at the top five cards of your library, you may reveal any number of creature cards from among them, put them into your hand, and put the rest in the bottom of your library in any or in a random order, or creatures you control get plus two, plus two until end of turn. And then you could sort of infer, it's like, oh, I get it. So it's like there you get along or maybe there's like a fight or something. But being just putting that on the card, just saying like form a party or start a brawl and then explaining what that means mechanically i really like and i, I kind of hope they do that like it works particularly well here but i kind of hope they do that for other modal stuff going forward they probably won't because it's probably just a lot of text but it works really well here yeah it's uh contextual keywording i guess but mm-hmm. yeah no i agree i think it's great yeah so i i guess i sort of jumped jumped ahead there but i i think mind flayer is particularly cool i mean it's just i think it's good right three, three, for five with Mind control until they kill the mind flare. Yeah, great. That's it's a good card. It's flavorful. And I like the ability word. It's yeah, good wh- stuff. Where does this sit
2: re- relative to things like hostage taker? Or do we need to get into that? Uh, yeah,
0: no, we can we can judge this card. I like that. I mean, Hostage Taker is probably better because if you have all the mana up to steal their thing and then cast their thing, then you don't care if they kill Hostage Taker, mm-hmm. right? Because right, if right. if they kill Hostage Taker, once you've cast their creature, they don't get their creature back, correct? Correct. Yeah. So that's probably better. But I don't know. This is still, you know, it's like it's a 3-3 it's a three, three active treason that's... Not they don't doesn't give the creature haste, but they don't get their thing back at the end of turn. Like they they have to use a removal spell on this to get their creature back. Mm. So yeah,
1: yeah, like mana mana wise, it's more efficient than Hostage Taker. You only have to put the initial five in. You have a slightly bigger body than Hostage Taker too. I think Hostage Taker is a pretty good comparison. The issue with Mind Flayer here is that you know whenever they have mana up, they might be about direct combat by removing your Mind Flayer. So it sort of forces you to play Protect the Queen or like make moves that are just attacking with their creature right like say you're taking their biggest thing and then you have a better attack this turn now that you've played mind flayer and then on following turns if they are just holding their mana up and your mind flayer is still in play you are maybe advised to only attack with the creature that mind flayer has stolen so that you know the rest of your creatures don't get wrecked or whatever mm. unless you know you're in the situation where you'll win if you do something else right <laughs> mileage may vary i wouldn't <laughs> mind talking about another blue card that uh, was previewed somewhat recently demi lich oh yeah So this is a really interesting and it's like got a lot of Flavor and powerful abilities going on. I don't actually know what a demi lich is from D i feel like I've maybe heard of this before, but I'm guessing it's just another kind of lich. Do you know or Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can tell you. I had to, I, I looked this up the other day because I was like, "Yo, what is that?" So, demi lich. Uh, you know, I'll just read from the Forgotten Realms wiki. It's a lich who has evolved beyond a need for its undead body. Okay. So, wizards and sorcerers usually become liches in order to continue their pursuit of magic and power beyond death. And demi liches are those who are close to reaching the end of that arcane journey who understand the nature of magic and reality in a way no mortal could conceive so the to do this the lich has to learn the art of creating soul gems and replace eight small pieces of its body with them which usually are like eyes and teeth but they could be like joints in the hand or something but often like generally speaking the uh they're just like ah you know what bodies pfft, let's just go skull and the uh, the gems act similar to uh phylactery and yeah so it's just it's uh, It's it's, it's a weird... Let me see here. Tiny size. That makes sense. Neutral evil undead challenge rating 18.
1: Okay, so the party has to like find and somehow contain the demulich. I assume the skull also just flies around all the time because that's like a wizard thing in D&D once you're a high enough level wizard
0: evidently yeah
1: you can just have some magic item on you that's like a ring where you just fly around and then the party probably has to destroy all the eyes and teeth in order to kill the demulich, and they're always like some kind of crazy evil undead wizard neat Uh, yeah that's my assumption okay so in magic we've got a 4-3 skeleton wizard creature that costs blue 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 Hmm. but it costs one blue pip less for each instant in sorcery you've cast this turn so it's kind of a storm spell neat right and you know coming shortly on the heels of Strixhaven. also whenever demulich attacks exile up to one target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard copy it you may cast the copy but you have to pay the mana you may cast demulich from your graveyard by exiling four instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying its other costs so yeah possible I don't know, like, the repeatable value plus the, like, extra, you know, snap-castering back of spells from your graveyard just looks to be, like, a super fun include in, you know, a blue-red or blue-X spells deck. Or, you know, in really any <laughs> any color of spells deck, I suppose. It could go into a Boros spells deck as long as you're committed to casting four spells every time you want to get the demilich on the table. Pretty neat,
0: right? Yeah. I like yeah. that if you... If you do that, if you do the casting, of the things you can and they counter it, if you try to cast it for free and they counter it, then you have already you've already filled up your graveyard with the stuff needed to just do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I don't
1: know. This seems like a really cool card. I I can't tell from the outset whether it'll be, you know, the throne of this set where it's like everyone was really expecting it to see a lot of constructed play or whether it'll be like, you know, the Bane Slayer of this set. This card seems like it's very cool and powerful. So I'm excited to find out whether or not uh constructed mages are going to be flopping it or clicking on it i suppose
0: in our current day and age hmm. notably much like beholders the demulich while able to hover does not fly. Oh, right. Sorry, the creature doesn't have flying, even though we talked about it flying in the game. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, Cameron, what you got?
2: I would like to talk about another planeswalker, Zariel, Archduke of Avernus, who is a red planeswalker. She costs two red red. Yeah, no, she's... Avernus is the, what is it, chaotic evil hell okay. in the realms, I think.
1: Yeah, there's... Are there nine
2: different hells? You know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I've only ever really dealt with Asmodius, So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't deal with the other hell but she comes with four loyalty and her plus one ability is creatures you control get plus one plus own gain haste until end of turn mm. yeah fine okay sure her zero is create a one one red devil creature token with when this creature dies it deals one damage to any target and thank you i've been waiting like we got tip
1: tybalt from more of the spark yeah
2: yeah but he could only minus to make a devil right and could only make two before he had to go and lie down. He
1: did keep your opponent from gaining life for a little
2: bit after he made those two, though. It's true. That was handy. But... Zariel, because I believe that Tibalt was also four mana, right? No, three.
1: Three. Three only
2: three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, point being, Zariel can continue to make devils for as long as she pleases. And her minus six her alt is you get an emblem with at the end of the first combat phase on your turn, untap target creature you control. After this phase, there is an additional combat phase. Ugh. Yeah, so, that's so rough. Yeah, this is an emblem. Yikes! So presuming there's been some way that you, you know, y- y- you're able to live through the first one next turn, there's going to be two more combat combat phases. I don't know. This is just another interesting creature. I want to flop this with like a falcon wrath aristocrat butcher of the horde, you know, g- give me give me those big aristocrats who love to eat devils or even something like, I don't know, what are my other four drops that don't get haste? <laughs> This opens up a lot of possibility space for aristocrats in that you can play big, like big sack outlets that don't get haste. So you can have more creatures than just Wrath aristocrat and Butcher of the Horde. This is very exciting. Well, I mean, very exciting. This this is something I'm going to sleeve up and try playing with. Mainly, I've just been looking for a a devil token spigot of some kind. <laughs> just a drip of devils is all I want. Just a steady it, flow yeah 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 right phyrexian I, so I,
1: devil hangout
2: yeah exactly like uh, goblin what was the one from zendikar block who oh. was a devil creature token but it cost you a card oh. one one when it died it hung something
1: oh yeah uh, just fixed mog fanatic what yeah heck is that one called
0: i mean there was one from there was footlight fiend from ravnica block from yeah
1: the... no, there's one that's one red though i know what you're talking about i'm embarrassed i can't remember the name of it i keep
2: wanting to sleeve them up But they're just not worth a card.
1: Is it Goblin Arsonist? Is that right? Goblin
2: Arsonist. There we go. Hooray. Yeah, we all all got there by combining the power of our three mighty brains.
1: Everyone in the comments who was typing Goblin Arsonist, thank you. You can stop. Thank you, though.
2: They're good, but they're not worth a card. Yeah. And if I can get them on a token that something else makes, that is far better right because they're useful they're definitely useful in the strategy if i could make one type of token it would be these homies but i don't want to pay an entire card for them
1: yeah well i look forward to losing to your you know master of the chaotic evil planeswalker.
0: thank you oh i want to talk about another card that sort of has an another kind of set wide, not like mechanic, but kind of mechanic. I want to talk about spiked pit trap. Let's do it. So it's a single mana artifact with flash, which I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that actually makes it necessarily better, but I like the flavor that the spiked pit trap is a surprise. And then you pay five mana and tap and sack it and choose target creature. And then roll a d20 so there's a bunch of cards in the set that have you roll a d20 yeah i don't then, think we've talked about that yet yeah and then much like in D D, in fact sort of the way that just the the like two color lists the way that things are laid out in the source books it tells you what the die roll results will do, which I think is really cool. So the pit trap is if you roll a d20 and you get between one and nine, then it deals five damage to that creature. If you get between 10 and 20, it deals five damage to that creature and you create a treasure token nice so like it's six mana yeah. but we ran that in dominaria we ran that the, the skull the skull i can't remember the name of it but yeah it was a single mana, and then you pay i think it was then you pay six and tap and sack it to, to give like minus five minus five or something yep and uh, so you know in like in limited certainly you're going to want to do this there are cards that care about rolling dice but generally i just wanted to talk about the 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 whole d20 mechanic now i think that they said in their article where they talked about this that when they say d D twenty, they mean actual D twenty, not not a spin down. Interesting. And the pre-release kits are going to come with D twenties, which they said is for flavor reasons, but also that you know th- then everyone has a D twenty to use. I know that the because because we're not going to talk about this at the PPR. I know that there's been like debates about this for a while about yeah mm-hmm. a spin down being you know at the beginning of the match right yeah we'll talk about it but a spin down being less random than a D twenty and I I do I do not believe that me neither. Like,
2: i i've rolled spin downs and uh, the the statistical breakdown on it and they're random they're, yeah they're they're, they're they're as random as a die 20 everyone says like oh well i mean you can manipulate it by you know just like dropping it into the thick and
0: no so then you're not rolling the die like, yeah, I, yeah i think everyone underestimates how much a die actually moves and spins when you roll it because they go we have filmed them in slow motion and they go <laughs> Yeah, I just want to say, like, tell me you can cheat roll
1: a spin down in a way that you can't cheat roll every other D20, right? Like you you want to roll a 20, right? So just hold the 20 on a randomized D20 in your hand and then do your same cheat roll that you do with the spin down, right?
2: Like if you're going to cheat roll a die 20 and you actually can manipulate it, then you're probably already drawing extra cards and I have no idea, (laughs) right? Like, yeah. If you're doing Las Vegas, like tier sleight of hand in a game of magic the gathering then i'm already a dead man right hmm. Like it's like oh i didn't know lightning bolt was in this format i guess i'll trust you weird yeah like yeah i it tires me the <laughs> argument tires me
0: it yeah it, it it exhausts me as well
2: but i
1: will say this really roll your dice make sure that your opponent can see that you're really rolling it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. coming back to the pit trap card though i have some complaints although i think it's very cool i'm glad that spike Trap is a card in Magic Now. We didn't make it a trap card. <laughs> we clearly could have. That's true. It could have been Artifact S- Trap. Screams in zendikar Yeah. And also, I like the 1 to 9, 10 to 20 format a little bit less. Well, a a fair bit less than cards like Wizard's Spellbook, five generic blue-blue artifact. Tap Exile Target Instant Sorcery card from A Graveyard. Roll a d20, activate only as a sorcery. One to nine, copy that card. You may cast the copy. Ten to 19, copy that card. You may cast the copy by paying one generic rather than paying its mana cost. Or 20, copy each card exiled with with Wizard's Spellbook. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana costs. So like... Ideally, if we're getting the D20 out, it really feels like there's a more meaningful kind of role happening than a coin flip
0: yeah i like that
1: a lot you know we're gonna have our d20 out and it's fine honestly like rolling a die is how most magic players handle rolling a coin or flipping a coin anyway so it's not a big deal but it is kind of exciting to be like okay well something happens if i
0: roll a 20 i do yeah yeah. i do like that i like there's as an example at uncommon power of persuasion two and a blue for a sorcery choose target creature and opponent controls and roll a d20 one to nine bounce it to their hand 10 to 19 put it on top of their library 20 gain control of it until the end of your next turn yeah right (laughs) the best unsummon ever yeah yeah (laughs) like i i i I definitely agree that having a critical success option on these cards which which most of them do to be fair which most of them do i think is very cool yeah this spell book just to
1: briefly get back obviously is a super cool card in and of itself casting all your opponent's spells or your own and then maybe having some crazy like mizia mastery turn as well yeah very much looking forward to losing draft games to this card
0: mm-hmm. cameron what are we going to lose a uh, draft game to as well i am well I, i've been interested in this
2: card death priest of miracle
0: mm-hmm.
2: who is an uncommon she is a two-two tiefling cleric we don't mm-hmm. we haven't seen tieflings before in magic i don't yeah. think but they are a D race who have fiend blood and they aren't necessarily like half devils but you know I, I, from what i understand depending on the setting sometimes you might just have a tiefling baby right because of i don't know original sin or something who knows but she is a tutu for two and two black who has lines of text very good cameron they read skeletons vampires and zombies you control get plus one plus one okay interesting vampires is a neat addition there and at the beginning of your end step if a creature died this turn you may pay one generic mana if you do create a one one black skeleton creature token so she makes tutus right because they get her her Anthem ability. Oh, right. She can only make one per turn, but she can make them on your opponent's turn. And I've been looking at this card kind of like in context of cards like Pawn of Ulamog and Sifter of Skulls. Sifter of Skulls, I think, is probably the most comparable comparable, which was from Oath of the Gatewatch. It's three in a black for a 4-3 Eldrazi. It has Devoid. But whenever another non-token creature you control dies, put a 1-1 colorless Eldrazi Scion creature onto the battlefield and then it describes what a scion does, you can sack it. These don't make the cut in my Highlander deck. They've been in, they come out usually. I'm not sure I'm going to be running Death Priest of Miracle,
0: but I like seeing these cards. I think, I think this one says your end step. Oh, and yes, it does. So you're only
1: getting one total in in the turn cycle. uh, Yeah. Yeah,
0: we haven't actually seen the printed card in English, so we're relying on translations, but I yeah, that's the, yeah. the two passo final. Yeah.
2: Still, yeah.
0: still cool.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think any, you know, zombie commander deck is probably looking to th- toss this in because it has that all all too relevant, you know, skeletons, vampires, zombies get plus one, plus one. That's, I, I mean, it's a little bit high for the asking price for just that at four mana, but people love having lots of Anthem effects for their creatures, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I, this wants to be in a deck with like Death Baron. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, she doesn't get the Anthem effect, right? That's I right. Think you yeah. kind of want those. You want your, your, your uh, Lords of Atlantis to also be Merfolk, right? Even if and, it and- says other. In a perfect world. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I'll probably be first picking a lot of these.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you can get two of these in a draft, that's really hot.
2: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Even if you're not getting your first skeleton until turn five. Yeah. Still, I'm still first picking this and I'm kind of ashamed of that. But, you know, <laughs> ride or die.
1: Well, speaking of dying and cards that want creatures to die, I'd like to talk for a second about Grim Wanderer. This is one generic and a black, a two drop for a 5-3 Goblin Warlock with flash. But it has tragic backstory, a.k.a. morbid. <laughs> Cast this spell only if a creature died this turn. So it's not necessarily a two drop on curve. I mean, if you have like some kind of mog fanatic, sure. If you spend your first turn making, setting up the availability of a creature with a sacrifice outlet strapped to it. uh, So just so you can cast the wanderer on two, that's fine. But the reason I'm really excited about it is I like playing these kind of scrappy sort of like low curve but long game plan decks where a grim wanderer i think fits really well into like a powerful turn five where you ha- you get to cast two spells or surprising your opponent with a, a crackback that they didn't expect that ends up being lethal mm. after they make kind of a safe attack i think grim wanderer initially you might say like oh well i'm not gonna be able to cast this so it's not this amazing two drop five three but uh, yeah i think in the you know in the course of the game whenever you get to cast two spells a turn or you know maybe you end up having it's like two of them are stuck in your hand but then at some point eventually you get the opportunity to trade a creature in combat and then cast both of them and it's like 10 power for four mana that's really exciting so i i just like cards like this they're sort of a big surprise for the mana value
0: yeah Yeah, only two and you can you can work that in in a lot of lot of yeah and like it's also good insurance
2: against a wrath
0: absolutely right like
2: a control deck wraths the board and suddenly you play a five three into it
1: yeah i mean by the turn that they've wrathed oftentimes you know five might even be enough
2: Mm mm-hmm It
1: has flash, but it doesn't come into play tap too. So if you're able to like, like, you know, in the mirror or whatever, like if your opponent's sacrificing a creature pre-combat or your opponent just sorcery speed kills one of your creatures and then they attack, you know, you might be able to get them real good with this Grim Wanderer for only two mana. So as a removal spell, it also works sometimes.
0: My only criticism of this card is that this edgelord figure dominating the doorway of a tavern on the card has to be the tallest goblin I've ever seen. I believe
2: that would be because hobgoblins are classified under the goblin subtype in Magic the Gathering. Thank you.
0: I assumed it was something like that.
2: Yeah, I think this is a hobgoblin. Okay. If you're not familiar with hobgoblins, they are the larger, more heavily militarized goblins, goblin cousins, goblinoids. They, They come between goblins and bugbears.
0: Right, because there's a bugbear in the set that's also creature-type goblin.
2: Mm, mm -hmm. I think goblins are, like, goblin deck players are going to be pretty happy with this set. Definitely. But yeah, like Grim Wanderer intrigues me. People have been messaging me about it, seeing if it gets into aristocrats. And I'm not sure if it plays into Mm. the traditional aristocrats play pattern. In fact, I think it doesn't. But it is an interesting card for different strategies. Like, I really like this against control decks.
1: Yeah, so I don't love it for Highlander aristocrats, but I did want to try it out in Highlander Mono Black aggro.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Full agree there.
1: They, yeah. We just mentioned hulking bugbear, which is one generic and red red for a 3-3 three, three haste goblin. And yeah, it does appear to be like a fairly large, like twice the size of another goblin in the picture. Yeah. So Cameron, then do you know, like, what's the difference between a bugbear and or a hobgoblin and an orc? Uh, are they all kind of occupying the same sort of space? Orcs
2: are a different thing altogether. You know, okay. I, I haven't really been keeping track of the cladistic art tree or the phylogenetic tree of life in D&D because I think it's, uh, I don't think it's that specific. Orcs are, orcs are different. Okay. I don't know, I don't know where they fit. Orcs yeah.
0: build different. Yeah. I'm looking it up in the Forgotten Realms wiki right now. And yeah, Goblinoids covers Goblin, Hobgoblin, Bugbear, Varag, and mm. Norker. Okay, I forgot about norkers. They're very small. I've never heard of norkers. All right. Yeah, and then orcs are—I mean, orcs are just orcs, and we know that orcs can interbreed with humans because, right? We have half orcs. We can play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's another interesting thing. Is of course because D and D because all the people who play D and D are human. So humans are considered the, the sort of default for how it defines uh, mixed race characters. So that's why a half elf implies that the other half is human and the same with a half orc. And so for the purposes of mechanics in this set that's why you have creature types that you you have creatures in the set that are type human elf or human orc right because that's that's how magic is representing half elf and half orc. So I think that's I think that's kind of neat.
2: I really appreciate math in our candle keep mysteries campaign playing a what was his his warlock character she was half orc half halfling mm. right i i enjoyed it i thought it was great yeah right really challenging those those lexical assumptions yeah
0: here we go orc related species so there's different kinds of orcs mountain orcs are the most common there's also gray orcs there's orogs which are they live mostly in the underdark there's ogrillins which is orc half orc half ogre odontus which is a pacifist orc cousin with a fey nature neo-orogs which are magical hybrids and boogans which are mountain half mountain orc and half quagoth and a quagoth is a something that the drow bred in the underdark look you know what let's not worry about it <laughs> there's a lot easy to go there's bird. a lot
1: going on here sorry yeah <laughs> Can I quickly return to like goblins players getting excited about this set because there's this Please. cool card. It's an uncommon in red, two generic and one red mana for you see a pair of goblins.
0: Yeah, it's an instant.
1: Mm. Choose one, charge them. Creatures you control get plus two plus zero until until no of turn, aka trumpet blast or befriend them. Create two one one red goblin creature tokens, you know, aka dragon fodder. So this is a pretty cool technology, I think oh. extra mana for dragon fodder, which is like what you're generally thinking of this card when you're. Putting it into a deck is like not great, but the flexibility of having an anthem for two extra power that's fantastic in my view and like definitely worth the extra mana yeah absolutely
2: i don't think this is a replacement for dragon fodder in those decks this is a replacement for trumpet
0: blast but it's instant speed dragon fodder if you need it
2: yeah Yeah, i mean it is kind of exciting that you
1: can like wreck a 2-1 and still have a body or something probably a really good card for limited and i yeah i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if it gets into certainly canadian Highlander goblins and maybe some maybe some other places i'm not sure if it'll make the cut in historic goblins but maybe also
2: also, one last, like, tiny detail on this card. The trumpet blast is creatures you control. Right. Oh. Not attacking creatures. Yeah,
1: that's relevant, actually. You can you can block and pump your blockers if you want.
2: Yeah. And as someone who has died to trumpet blasting on, <laughs> on my opponent's turn. Oh, no. Whoops. Right? Like, I think we've all, all of us, yep. every one of us have misread trumpet blast. <laughs> I've done it once. Yeah. Once is all you need, but it's happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Last one I want to talk about is, just because I think it's super cool, is Dancing Sword. So it's one and a white for an artifact equipment. It equips for only one, and the equipped creature gets plus two, plus one. So that's that's just very efficient. Two mana, equipped for one, plus two, plus one. Cool. Great. That's that's in, you know, like trusty machete or bone splitter territory. So yeah, not very bad. aggressive. But when the equipped creature dies, you may have Dancing Sword become a 2-1 construct artifact creature with flying and ward one and if you do it isn't an equipment so you don't get it you can't get it back to being an equipment later because i assume when it stops being an equipment it also loses its equip ability but when the equip creature dies you can just be like all right well now the sword is mad and now i have this 2-1 flyer with ward one yeah that's pretty sweet i just think it's neat yeah
2: yeah no i fun tech right mm-hmm. yeah
1: This is like possibly I mean it's in white so it's not accessible to everyone but it's like possibly the most efficient equipment we've seen since bone splitter because having to pay only one to equip instead of two to equip on a one casting cost is noticeably better yes and then this extra ability where you you can choose to turn it into like it's it's you may which is a big deal but you can choose to turn it into a flyer that's great. That's a big yeah. upside. Um, Put
0: another sword on that. Yeah, sword.
1: exactly. Get another sword on that
0: sword stack,
1: and then you can flicker it. Yeah, it's you. It doesn't exile itself. Uh, you may have it become that thing, so it's still the card on the table. If you need to like bounce it back to your hand and recast its equipment or something. Yeah. yeah, I like dancing sword a lot. Super
0: fun. Oh, something just popped up on our Twitter because, of course, as I said, this is on Friday, and we just tweeted about Vrondus a little while ago, and someone. Um, Put in a suggestion first a very silly tech with vrondas so a reminder because it was the first card we talked about in rage make a 5-4 dragon token and whenever you roll one or more dice you may have Verondas deal one damage to itself so you know is there a reliable repeatable dice roll solution and someone suggested fractured power stone from plane chase so it's two mana for a mana rock so no yeah two mana rock taps for colorless but it has a second ability that's free you just tap it to roll the planer die you can only do it at sorcery speed (laughs) in in commander i think you can still do that it's just the planer die wouldn't do anything
1: I don't know if you're allowed to roll the planar die or not And the, I think the ability might do nothing. I'm sorry. Cries and judge. I'd have to check it. I'm not sure if this works. Yeah. Or no, Mana Vault just hurts you. Right. Oh,
2: I thought the, wait, what's, what's the one where you flip a coin oh, and then tails. Yeah.
1: Oh, Oh, right. Sorry. Mana crypt,
2: mana crypt. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, mana cards.
1: crypt, every upkeep, you're either losing three life or not. And no matter what you're getting dragons on the table. Definitely put your mana crypts in your Vardis. Valdis. Yeah. Venus Vronis? Vrondis? Vrondis
2: combos with manacrypt.
1: I'm not looking at it, obviously. Vrondis. I, Vrondis. Get your manacrypts for your Vrondis decks. Absolutely.
2: I feel that this is like on the same tier as the squirrel zombie that combos with Skull Clamp. <laughs> yeah. Combos ish. with Mana Crypt. There you go.
1: I mean most cards combo with Mana Crypt because you like spending mana. <laughs> so Vrondis has got his own little piece of comboing with <laughs> mana crypt at least. Synergizes. If you'd like to combo with Vrondis or Mana Crypt head on over to cardkingdom.com forward slash loading ready run and pick yourself up some brand new D afr pre-orders if you're in the united states if they're if you want sealed product or probably you can pre-order the singles anywhere in the world and definitely you can get older sealed product anywhere in the world if you ask for a little one inch button because you like one inch buttons and you want to let them know that we sent you then they'll send you one it might say changelings or cowards but it might say something else and we'd also like to thank you everyone over at patreon.com com forward slash loading ready run for this and everything else we do for keeping the lights on and keeping us well fed and putting the sunscreen on our bodies and keeping our air conditioning turned on and keeping us in fine threads really we spend your money on all kinds of things
2: yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, no i'm i'm thinking about spending some of your money right now food (laughs) food clothes housing
1: medicine you know yeah i'm saving up for my kids college fund with your money
0: magic cards yeah
1: well or i could be honest and you know say i bought a new computer to play video games on heather does now help me out uh, graham all right <laughs> <laughs> i almost got there uh, graham just let me go it was great i was just
0: curious to see what was gonna go happen i was gonna thank jordan yeah yeah Th- thanks to uh, james for being here and running the card reader to jordan for editing these and heather uh, gets them up online and until next time i have been graham joined by nelson what are you doing after this offer uh, <laughs> and cameron huh? and we'll talk to you next time on tap tap and see you. bye everybody bye, bye.